Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 39 of the Live Free Experience. I'm your host, Brianna Bowley, performance coach, walking, talking enigma, and founder of the Live Free Movement, a movement dedicated to showing the world what else is possible. And of course, proudly sponsored by Savage Marketing. Now, the lady that I'm chatting to on today's episode um, is someone who kind of indirectly and and probably somewhat outside of her own awareness actually had a huge impact on my own journey. Um, She was someone who I first connected with her quite early in my personal journey to become a full-time coach um, and to sort of leave the comfort zone of the job that I wasn't really lit up by. And um, she describes herself as a heart-centered NLP trainer. She's also the host of Relaunch My Life Radio and, of course, the author of the best-selling book, Relaunch My Life. So today I'm chatting with Juliet Lever. And you know what? If I'm really honest, I was quite nervous about this conversation. Um, as I said, you know, I met Juliet uh, four or five years ago and she was someone who you know, I, I really looked up to. And so we hadn't seen each other in about four or five years. And, you know, but I have been able to follow her journey via social media. What a gift that is. And uh, yeah, so I was really quite nervous about having this conversation because I, I, I sort of wasn't really sure. You know, I just had, I guess, my past perception of who Juliet is in relation to me. And um the moment I saw her again, it, I was immediately reminded just how much this woman shines. She really shines. And um, she's doing some incredible things in the world. So it was an absolute honor to have her on the show. And um, she actually schooled me. She schooled me big time. Uh, she reminded me of a lot of things that, you know, I already, I suppose, knew. Um, but it was just coming back to them on a deeper level. So... Sit back and enjoy the conversation. And without further ado, let's get the show on the road. Juliet, how are we? Hey, I'm wonderful. How are you today? I'm really good. So let's start off. Um, you've got a few different things in the works. I know you've got the book and the podcast and obviously uh, your own coaching. So do you want to, let's start off, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're up to in the world. Cool. Well, gosh, I think the best place to start is by acknowledging that I've been on a pretty big healing journey. And if you'd met me five years ago, you would have met a completely different version of me. And it was the version that was living by all the rules doing the nine to five, had the perfect house, was married, had ticked all the societal boxes and had a pretty big series of spiritual awakenings that forced me to rediscover myself and and recreate a new life. And so I left my marriage, I quit my job, I healed my anxiety all within the space of 12 months. And I had just so many people asking me how I created so much change in such little time. And people could really see the change in me and I was very public about my transformation as well and that led me to starting my own business called Relaunch My Life that really I I specialize in working with people who are at turning points in their lives and know that there's something deeper for why they're here and they want to find and follow that and then over the course of working with people coaching over a couple of years I got asked the same questions over and over and over and over again and I realized that this was kind of 
a book that was being called through me to be written to answer the repetitive questions I was getting and really guide people into that place of, of home within themselves and to find the answers within rather than you know look outside of themselves for the answers. So yeah, I've got this beautiful book that is making its way out into the world and I've just sent a copy actually to a lady who's sent a copy to a friend for her birthday and it's just nice to be able to put a little handwritten note in the book and, and know that it's going to get to the right person and so this year I stepped into what was one of the biggest transformations for me on my healing journey which was studying neuro-linguistic programming and so this year is the first year that I've been teaching that and I've got another training happening in November in South Australia and just really excited to be living this life where I get to create whatever the hell I want <laughs> and really follow what feels right at the time and, and know what the what the world is asking for and be able to answer that. Perfect. So let's rewind. You said, was it five years ago that you were a very different Juliet? Yeah, it's actually funny because it's my mum's 60th birthday this Friday and I left my husband on my mum's birthday five years ago. Wow. And that really was the, the day that I, I mean, the day that I left him, we'd been together since I was 16 and so I was 27 by the time I left. And the day that I left, I took off my wedding band and I said, I'm free. Wow. And it was such a pivotal moment for me because that was really the moment in my life, the first time as an adult, being that I've been with him since I was 16, that I really felt like I could just make my own choices, my own decisions, and I could feel into what I wanted. And so the night that I left, I wrote a big bucket list and just the, the journey that I've been on ever since then, obviously I had to do a lot of inner work, a lot of healing on myself uh, because we, we create our partners, obviously to reflect back the things within us that we need to heal. And so I had to heal a lot of the parts of me that had, had created that life where I'd trapped myself so well. And, um, and I guess I'd changed and grew so much that I energetically couldn't stay in the corporate nine to five mm -hmm. space that I had, had safely and securely put myself in. And so I, um, I, yeah, it was, it was five years ago that I left pretty much this week. So it's really nice to have this time to reflect and chat to you about it because gosh, if I could tell that Juliet, you know, there was a real turning point where I realized if I stay in this life, in this job and with this husband, what's my life going to be like in five or 10 years? And I just saw this bitter, overweight woman, just, you know, same problems, same life. And then the other path that I thought of was just completely blank canvas. And I knew I wanted to paint that canvas myself and, mm -hmm. And I'm really happy with the with the Picasso <laughs> masterpiece paint splodge that I'm creating. So, yeah, yeah. So what was it that sort of started to to trigger the shift? Well, that's a really good question. And yeah, I wrote about this in my book because it was actually what on the outside would seem quite a small question, mm -hmm. but it was a question that changed everything. And yeah. I don't know if you've ever had a time in your life where just one moment yes. changes everything. Yeah. And I was asked a question at a social function. A man came up to me and he said, so tell me, what do you do outside of work? And it was like I'd swallowed a bag of cement. My, wow. my heart went down into my stomach because I realized that I couldn't honestly answer the question unless I said to him, well, I drink a whole bottle of wine every weeknight and um, the most pleasure I have in my life is eating chocolate and I work all the time to escape my marriage and I'm miserable, you know, but I, I stammered something really fluffy like, oh, you know, I hang out with friends, but deep down something pushed a button in me that, that couldn't be changed and I knew I need to start figuring out who the hell I am and, and what I want to do in my life. Wow. So yeah, and then obviously the anxiety that I had was a very big catalyst for change for me as well because mm -hmm. I had such bad heart palpitations that I 
would have trouble driving. I used to have to pull my car over the side of the road just to catch wow. my breath. And and I really am grateful to my anxiety now because it's taught me so much about myself and what I do and don't want. And obviously it started getting really bad about five years ago because my life was just so off path and I had to listen to those signs from within. And um, and now I know, you know, anxiety is a warning that I'm thinking about something that I don't want to create. Mm-hmm. And so focusing on what I do want is key to everything. Perfect. Wow. So how did, I mean, obviously you've, you've kind of done a bit of a 180 with life. So how did you overcome such, you know, such a big change or the emotions that come up with such a big change? Over the last few mm. years? Oh, wow. Well, I would be lying to you if I didn't say that there have been times that I didn't just, you know, lay on my lounge room floor and have the existential crisis and say, you know, why have I chosen such a difficult path? But, but there's this saying that I love, which is that the, um, the easy road gets harder mm-hmm. and the hard road gets easier. Ooh, I like that. I had to think about it for a moment to make sure I said it the right way around. But it's so true, you know. Yeah. There's been a lot of challenges, and I know for you as well, the challenges, though, once you get over that, Mm. it creates your life to be, to get even easier whereas if you choose the easy life it gets mm. harder in the long term yeah and that was kind of the point where I'd, I'd made a lot of decisions that yeah they were challenging but it, it was the safe option it was the easy option and that mm-hmm. accumulates over time and <laughs> gets really hard mm-hmm. um, and so yeah now if there's a challenge or there's an emotional situation you know emotions are really quite powerful especially for us as women to be in tune with those and really honor them and feel them and have a space of non-judgment mm-hmm. one of the best coaches that I've worked with and I've worked with a lot over the last few years and um, one of the best coaches I worked with at one point very early on in leaving my marriage I had a bit of an emotional breakdown and she said okay Juliet I'm allowed to swear on this podcast yes she said she said I want you to just repeat this after me I'm a little fucked up right now and that's okay (laughs) (laughs) and so I said okay I'm a little fucked up right now and that's okay And the moment I said those words, it was just like my whole being was at peace Mm. and and I could accept that things aren't all okay. And and sometimes when we're resisting that, it creates more discord and disharmony within us. Definitely. Yeah, just accepting and really being real about your emotions Mm -hmm. is is key, no matter matter what stage of the rollercoaster ride you're on. Mm -hmm. Mm. Aren't we so quick as humans to try and like... uh kind of give the whole perception that everything's perfect and, and we don't really allow ourselves that time to to feel and to not be okay. Yeah, it's mm. it's really strange because it's scary, but then when you're in it and you drop into it and you realise there's nothing to fear, it's also the most beautiful experience mm. as a human and it's all we have. You know, we're emotional creatures and and it's part of the life that we're living is is to feel it all and and I think so many people are numb to it mm-hmm. and that, you know, if if you're numb to it then you're not almost living so. mm, definitely yeah if you take away the pain you take away the the joy and and all of that you know you're numb one you're numb the other yeah you're so yeah, right yeah. yeah it's funny I find that um a lot of my followers it's when I'm because I, I I mean I obviously being human have those moments where I almost want to um disconnect and hide away the parts of me that aren't doing okay mm. And it's really funny because when I allow myself to express the parts that aren't doing okay, that's when I seem to get the biggest response from my followers. And that's when people, you know, seem to, to say to me the most, wow, you've actually really inspired me to, yeah. to go out and pursue the things I want to do. Because, you know, I guess it, um, it almost collapses the pedestal, you know, it makes them realise that, <laughs> a bit of traffic, um, makes them realise that I'm human as well. 
Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And mm. it's a scary place to be up on a pedestal because the only yes. place you can go is down. Exactly. Right? So yes. to have your community know that you're real and to be on the same level, it's it's the best place to be because then you're approachable, relatable. And yeah, there's not this this perfect perfect thing. Like we're all human, we all have our ups and downs and um, and yeah, showing that a bit better is, is really important. Definitely. So in your little uh, life transformation, where did you start? What was the first move? Oh, well, Google, of course. <laughs> of course, you know, where do we go for all our questions these days? Google is God, right? So I remember I got home from that social gathering and the first thing I did was I started Googling like how to find yourself and like meditation wow. and stuff like that. And and I went and did a WEA course on meditation here in Adelaide. And I was the youngest person in the room by about 50 years. Wow. And I remember thinking, like this is five years ago, I remember thinking like, where's all the people my age that are interested in this stuff? And I'm like, I want to start making meditation cool, you know? <laughs> yeah. And and so I studied meditation first of all, but the anxiety was still there. So then I started looking into essential oils the anxiety was still there at that point I wasn't admitting to myself that that I wanted to leave my marriage or anything mm-hmm. like that it was really just about exploring me and finding who I am but what I realized was the more that I researched I, I downloaded books on NLP on on your mindset on hypnosis on so many different things and I also found out what my values were and the more that I really found who I was the more the more of a um, I guess a split it created in my marriage because mm-hmm. I had obviously grown and changed a lot since I was 16 and my partner hadn't yeah. as such like he was a very consistent person and it was well I am who I was when you met me what's wrong but it was me that had changed mm-hmm. and that was the hardest thing for me to admit is I'm going to make a change that's going to create a ripple effect not only in my family but his and in the community and etc and so all of those thoughts and things, but I I just got really hungry for learning. And I think we all go through that when you have your spiritual awakening, it's just like, oh my gosh, there's this entire new world that we don't know exists. And so, uh, yeah, I just explored, I went to evening workshops, I studied so many things, and then it was about, um, oh, and then I studied Reiki as well, and I totally wasn't ready for it. And I thought <laughs> that it was the most weird thing ever, and I rejected it all and put that away. And it wasn't until my partner was teaching Reiki about a year later, my partner now, that uh, he was teaching Reiki about a year later that I really connected with it and understood it. And I studied with him, obviously, NLP and hypnosis. And it was the combination of all those skill sets that gave me the strength and the courage to start my coaching business because I just knew this is what I needed. I need to be that space for people who who want to change their lives and want to relaunch their lives. So, yeah, um, basically everything that I did in the first few years was designed for what I felt was missing when I was going through that change and feeling really alone and just wanting to make the things that I went through that I felt so alone with feel normal. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest gift that you know we can give to others is when we're lighting the way, we can sort of shine shine the path and let people see where they can go as well. Definitely. You know, it's amazing and I've never, I've never actually told you this, but when we first met, uh, what was it, four or five years ago, thereabouts, yeah. uh, I was working as a personal trainer and I sort of had this, um, I had this vision that I wanted to get into coaching, but I'd actually never witnessed any example of a female coaching full-time and really making a living out of it uh you know i'd seen obviously paul doing his work and um you know the likes of tony robbins and some of the the big guys out there on a global level but i'd never witnessed the female making a full-time living out of coaching so it was actually you that that 
kind of gave me that awareness that it actually was possible so full tingle <laughs> yes it definitely is you know and that was the most exciting thing I mean I had this head mindset of oh but my corporate job I'm making six figures tick tick you know mm-hmm. that's the safe comfortable life and then there was just this I just physically could not sell my soul mm-hmm. for another day it was yes. just this, this I can't do this I physically cannot bring myself into this space yes. and I quit my job five months before I would have been eligible for long service leave wow. I just couldn't do it and the month I quit I made more money in that month coaching than I would have made in my six in my nine wow. to five job and I was working probably half the hours and I was doing what I loved and I was making a difference and it was getting word of mouth referrals and I think that's the cool thing with coaching is mm-hmm. you walk your walk you talk your talk people will be attracted to you yes. and your your own marketing. And I realized, you know, we just get to live the happiest, most authentic, most fulfilled lives. And when we can do that and shine and be that expression, people will gravitate towards us. That's No one taught me that in marketing school. Mm-hmm. They said you have to know, you know, economics and you have to know, you know, how to get people's mindset across the line and all the psychology of marketing. But no, what if you're just authentic and you're yes. you and that radiates so freaking loud that people can't stop thinking about you. Mm-hmm. That's the amount of people that say, oh, I just saw one thing and I knew that I had to contact you or I just felt your energy and I knew that I had wow. to work with you. And I'm like, cool, that's that's marketing 101 that I never knew yeah. about, right? Yeah. But that's awesome that you had that awareness. Yeah. And you know, all power to you. And I think now is really the rise of, you know, of, of females stepping into their power and rather than saying, you know, all the reasons why we can't, thinking about all the reasons that we can now. And it's such a time of opportunity and it's really exciting. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. Perfect. Um, I had a question come to mind then. It's just escaped me. You really suit having a shaved head. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I I'm, just hope you keep it like this now. So. <laughs> I'm slowly going to grow it out. I'm a little bit... Uh, I have my moments where I doubt naked. it, but yeah, yeah, a little bit. But you know, that's why I did it. I wanted to kind of leave myself nowhere to go, and um, like in terms of nowhere to hide away. Yeah. You know, we spoke just before we hit record about owning who you are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, it was I really just wanted to to not give myself that option to hide away, depending on who I'm around. So that's yeah, cool. yeah, yeah <laughs> it's nice. been a journey in itself. So thank you, mm. thank you. Um, oh, I wish I could think of what that question was. Sorry, I'll edit this out. No, don't. She's real. She's human. <laughs> there you go. There Maybe you go. I'll ask you a question then. Sure. So over the last like four years, five years for you then, what's been one of the sort of most challenging moments for you where you've really just questioned why you're on this path? There's been a lot of them. There's really been a lot of them. Um, for me, a lot of it's been around not feeling like I fit in anywhere. Hmm. yeah and it's particularly with my family they're very and and they mean well um but they are very I guess focused on the the nine to five and the you know make the money and all of that and that they don't as understand you, you yeah as you said it just doesn't um I can't bring myself to do that you know I've tried the nine to five and and for, for starters I'm terrible at being told what to do um, but also, yeah, it just it just drains me and I find myself having absolutely no energy when I do try and step into that space and so, you know, for me, it has been a, a financial struggle running my own business. Um, and it's still one that I'm, you know, I have my moments where I sort of see the, the, the top of the peak. Um, and then I kind of, I almost feel like I come back down into the valley. So it's an ongoing process for me of making it work financially. But um, yeah, it's, it's been, I mean, I've had my dad ask me questions and again, he means well, but you know, how much money could you be making if you're working a 50, 60 hour week? you know, and how much money you're making now. And so it's 
trying to get him to see that it's, you know, I could have all the money in the world, but if I don't have the time to actually use that money in a way that lights me up, then there's no point having it. So I'd much rather have a little less money and have all the time in the world to, to do life the way I want to. Um, that, yeah, I'd, I'd much rather do it my way and figure it out as I go. Cool. So that's the adventure of it. Cool, yeah. And I mean, money is such an interesting piece, especially around entrepreneurship. And that's what stops so many people from quitting the nine to five is that yes. fear of the not getting that consistent paycheck. Like I used to just get three grand a fortnight no matter what I did, no matter if I was in a good mood or a bad mood, no matter if my sales team performed or not, I'd get commissions on top of that if mm -hmm. I did. It was great. But now I have mm -hmm. to hunt and gather, you know, I have yes. to be constantly in that masculine mode, which for us as women is, is a different, you know, you need to be out there and in your action and in masculine, but then you also need to be back in your receptive and in your feminine and your mm -hmm. flow. And so balancing that sometimes can create a bit of the up and down. But the one thing that I can definitely recommend, and this wasn't until I really studied master, master practitioner of NLP, where we really dive into your values is doing a dig on your money values because uh, and your career values as well because what happened for me was it was a couple of years into my business and my income was really up and down and I actually had a few moments of being jealous of people that worked in corporate because they had a regular paycheck mm. and I thought oh this is scary yeah I never want to go back there <laughs> don't tempt me with your regular paychecks and so I did some work on my career values and it was fascinating because when I elicited what's important to me in career money came up as number 10 on okay. my career values I had first was like helping people second was like making a difference third was like being inspirational and inspired fourth was you know like all these really lovely concepts but they're not going to pay the bills yes. right and so in in master prac of nlp we learn how to shift values and i moved my money value from number 10 up to number four and it was just like everything i touched changed because I was coming at it from a very different perspective of worthiness of entitlement mm -hmm. and it was at a very deep unconscious level it wasn't all of a sudden covert sales pitches that you know mm -hmm. people do in the I, I don't like that side of things but it was coming from everything that I did from a an underlying belief and knowing that I'm mm. worthy and that money is really important because I realized you know the the sick can't help the sick by being sick. The mm -hmm. poor can't help the poor by being poor. I thought, okay, I need to have this piece sorted so that I can be that inspiration as well for women that you can have the the meaningful, authentic business where you're aligned with your spirit, but you can also have the convertible, which mm -hmm. was like yes. the best piece for me. It was <laughs> like, I finally got that convertible that I'd wanted and I didn't want to get it until I could pay cash for it. Yeah. That was a huge piece for me. And, and what it represents is that we can have both. It doesn't mm. have to be one or the other. And I used to think, yeah, if you if you don't have the, the traditional job, then you trade off the consistent money and that. But but I really get with everything, you know, it's it's what's happening inside of us that creates what's happening outside of us. And so if there's something that we want to change outside of us, money as well is just energy. And so it's just a representation of what's going on inside that can be changed too. Mm. So yeah, yeah. So let me just <laughs> help flush that out. And you deserve to have all the wealth and all the money flowing to you because what are you going to spend it on? You're going to spend it in things that are highly conscious, that are going to make a difference in this world. Mm. And what I spend my money on, I choose conscious entrepreneurs to work with, e.g. the space we're in right now. Mm. I choose to support you know, the people in my community. I choose to invest in things that are going to open up more doors for people. I don't spend money getting, I don't know, 
oil rigs in the South Australian <laughs> bite being built, you know. So for us to get money is actually really important because you're getting resources that are going to go towards more things that are going to make a difference in this world. So mm. anyway, that's my rant about money. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a really interesting piece. And um, also the company that I used to work for was a budgeting and finance company. And the thing that I noticed was that whenever any clients would call to inquire about getting help, the one thing that was consistent about them was what they said about money. They'd say, oh, I've always been bad with money, or I just don't think that I'll ever be able to get out of this mess, etc." And so just like writing a big flush out, and you know this as well, but writing a big list of like everything that you think, feel, believe about money, and just clearing out any of that garbage that might be in the unconscious, and that's just gonna help you to attract it, and then your dad doesn't have to worry as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, your parents must just think you're just this enigma (laughs) what's she done now (laughs) it's awesome Um, my parents are very like spiritual and like open and they just think that it's awesome that I do like they lived with Osho in the 80s if you've heard of Osho no I haven't oh um, there's a Netflix documentary but he was one of the kind of spiritual leaders I'm sure a lot of your followers hear it Um, he's written a lot of books as well on on conscious living and he's a little bit controversial yes 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 yeah yeah yeah. so they were they were sannyasins in the in the early 80s late 70s so my upbringing was pretty interesting but wow. yeah it's um it's cool to be living this life and I say to them often you know thanks for giving me this life I'm having a lot of fun this time so glad Perfect. that it came through so how did you go from that upbringing to the corporate world oh well I ran away from home when I was okay. 16 as we do sometimes we reject our family and yep. so yeah I I met my now ex-husband on the internet when Mm -hmm. I was 15 and he was much older than me he was 23 and so of course my parents said that I'm not allowed to see him being the rebellious girl that I am I saw him anyway and then they found out about that and I got what do you call it grounded I can't even remember now right (laughs) so long ago and so then of course I ran away from home to be with him and the next day after I ran away from home I had a conversation with my dad and I said I think I've made a big mistake I want to come home and he said no Juliet you made your bed you know and so I stayed and so I lived in Melbourne with him from 16 I finished year 12 in Melbourne and I went to a year 12 adult re-education program at RMIT University which was awesome now in hindsight because I was 16 and everyone else there was 30 40 50 years old and they were coming back to school to finally follow their passion in life Mm -hmm. they'd had the deadbeat jobs they'd had the career that they weren't happy with and so they were coming back to finally be that doctor or lawyer or something that they'd said that they wanted to be you know still pretty much in the nine to five because they were going back to school obviously so values level four but um but what it really showed me as well is it taught me a lot about you know the value of money I worked full-time to finish year 12 which was a complete paradigm shift from going to the private all-girls school that I went to in Adelaide and so yeah I lived in Melbourne and then moved back to Adelaide about 10 years ago and um and just I think was trying to make my dad happy and proud so climbed the corporate ladder corporate career and then you know realized actually this isn't making me happy and and need to start doing something different but I did love what I did because I was still coaching salespeople and I loved the coaching element and helping them and I loved the best part about my job was putting together these like professional development days which were pretty much like um, like self self personal development days that now I do in my job so it did give me a really cool platform of practice and experience of putting together inspirational events so I'm a big believer that our um, our employment kind of sets us up for for where we need to be we sort of learn those skills in I guess that 
safe, and I say that in quotations, but that safe container of the, the regular income to then move out into, into doing it our own way. Oh, totally. And I mean, yeah. personal training as well mm. is you learn so much because you're working Definitely. with such a broad Definitely. range of individuals and seeing sort of different patterns mm. as well within them. So Definitely. It's a lot funny. Of mindset stuff too. Yeah. I mean, I look at a lot of the things that I used to do in personal training, you know, I was running boot camps, so a lot of, you know, speaking in front of big groups. Mm. And then the stuff I find myself doing now, I'm like, oh, this is this is just that, just with, you know, a slightly different spin rather than focusing on the physical, we're we're focusing a little bit more on the mental. So and they've kind of come together now. So yeah, it's really interesting so I remember the question I was going to ask you before um, so you mentioned that the question that triggered you into sort of the the reassessment and re reflection of life um, so it was what do you do outside of work what would, how would you answer that now oh that's such a good question because I don't feel like I do work mm -hmm. but I feel like everything I do has purpose yes so I feel like there's absolutely no separation now from yes. what I do and who I am and what generates income and what works with other people um, but you know I love going to the beach I love exercise and fitness and trying new styles of exercise and fitness so mixing it up in that way I love cooking I love being with my family I love my partner obviously we've got a cute dog and we've got a camper van so we do little mini one night road trips down oh, to perfect. the beach and we'll like park the camper van so that we can open up the panel doors on the back onto the sunset and just have dinner and then sleep in that and it's amazing how we'll leave home at five o'clock in the afternoon and we'll literally get home the next morning like 8am but it feels like we've been away for a week just sleeping outdoors is so yeah. healing and I love writing so I've got my second book kind of in the works and that's got about a six month deadline on it self-imposed of course otherwise <laughs> I'd just keep perfectionizing it forever yeah um but yeah I mean just being grateful every single day and having experiences like this this is you know, people want like ask me often. They probably ask you as well. What's a typical day for you? And it's not. <laughs> I can't answer possible that. To answer. Yeah. And I think that's the dream for yeah, me. You know, definitely. I don't know what tomorrow is going to be like when I wake up, and that is so exciting. Definitely, mm. I love that that initial answer to the question that there's sort of no separation between work and and non-work, so to speak. I get asked all the time. You know, how many hours do you work a week? And I I don't know. Mm. You know, because it's it, they're one and the same and. Um, you know, even even the other uh, the other month, I went across to Melbourne for a couple of, I guess, work things, and um, and yeah, someone messaged me and said, "Oh, are you over there for work or play?" I said, "Oh, it's the same thing. Yeah, both. <laughs> work is play. What? Yeah. And don't you find when you do your best work, it's when you you do feel like you're definitely, playing and definitely. you're having fun with what you're doing. I I sometimes still get caught in the old mindset because I used to have a very clear separation between work. Like mm -hmm. I'd go to work and do my work, and then I'd come home and that would be home. And I sometimes fall into that and um." And, and go, oh, you know, I just work all the time. But then I think, <laughs> actually, Juliet, no, you really don't. You do, yeah. what you, you do what you love all the time. Definitely. And I think maybe that's the downside is, is you get accustomed to not having to do things that you don't want to. Mm, yes. <laughs> Which also, as an entrepreneur, you know, Fiverr and Upwork is amazing as well because you mm -hmm. can get people anywhere in the world to do the things that you don't want to do and it's very affordable and, and it's amazing. But um, also... You know, sometimes I think I, I need to just, you know, do some things that I don't want to. I've just got a cleaner for the house too. Yeah. So I don't even do that anymore. <laughs> so it's just freed up all this cool time to, yeah. to do what we actually love. Which yeah. is what I think the world needs more of. But also, you know, in getting a cleaner, I know that I'm supporting that 
single mm. mum to yes. pay for her kid and you know I'm supporting that, that small business and the people on Upwork that money that they're getting in Bangladesh that's actually heaps of money for them mm. they're supporting them so it's it's helping in a mm. different way definitely so. Definitely. I just obviously had to justify that to myself, <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> it's really funny because I, I do find that where I'll, um, because I've saw, you, you know, the, the old Brie, like five, six years ago, who was working a job that, uh, I, did, I, I, I don't think I've ever had a job that I've hated, but I've definitely had jobs that I felt a level of resistance to. And um, back then I kind of just put up with it because I didn't know anything different. Whereas now when I find myself... Um, having to do something that I really don't want to do. It, it's funny watching the judgment come up of, oh, maybe I'm just lazy, you know, and why can other people be so okay to go and do this? And, you know, they just get it done. And it's that mentality of, yep, you got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, noticing the resistance in me and how much I will avoid and procrastinate doing the things I don't want to do um, and passing them off as, you know, these judgments of I'm lazy or, or whatever it may be. And, and I guess, to loop that back to your question to me about what's one of the main challenges mm. for me is because I do think about that stuff differently, um, not taking on other people's perceptions of how I show up, you know, and acknowledging that I do think about things a little bit differently and, and sometimes people are going to view it in a way that is in alignment with, with their perception and that's okay. Mm. Well, and in thinking outside the box, which is what this is all about, like, there's nothing except you. Mm. And so the moment you fully accept yourself and you heal that inner critic, the external critics are silenced mm. and that just all disappears. And that's been the most glorious thing for me is I'm sure there's people judging me and criticizing me, but I have no freaking idea. They do yes. not come into my reality at all. Or, yes. And they don't talk directly to me, which is wonderful, you know? Mm. Um, and that's taken a lot of healing because I used to be very critical of myself. And now, you know, if there's something I don't feel like doing, I'm like, great. Does it energize me or does it drain me? Huh, it drains me. Okay, mm. cool. Outsource. If it energizes me, build on that shit. You know, keep going with that. And there's someone in this world that that work does energize them. Yes. It's weird. Yes. There are actually people who enjoy being accountants and lawyers. <laughs> I didn't realize this, but I've met them and mm. they're human people and they yes. love that shit. And I'm so grateful that that energizes them because that would just be the most horrible thing in the world. Mm. So, and people who love doing websites and that just drains me. So yeah, it's um, it's very cool. It's almost like everyone in this world is like a piece of the puzzle. Yes. And we all mesh in perfectly. But where the world goes wrong is when people are cutting their unique puzzle pieces off mm -hmm. because you can't put squares into puzzle pieces. They need to have the jagged edges. Yes. And if we're not being unique, we don't have those jagged edges and you don't know where your piece fits. Mm. So yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks. <laughs> so I want to come back to what you said there that everything we experience is ultimately us yes can we dig into that one a little bit more yeah because I think that um there's so much power in that because when you can see that everything outside of you is ultimately you yes it's almost like um I know in my experience it goes from the external world goes from being kind of like having to defend against attacks to being this beautiful dance hmm and it becomes almost like when, when something pops up in the, out, in, in the outside world or, you know, in my outside reality, it allows me to come back within rather than, rather than feeling the sense of being attacked. So it's useful. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. 
Cool. Nice. Yeah, well, it was it. Carl Jung, he was the first person that said that we have to project out onto the world around us in order to know that which we are. Mm-hmm. And so there cannot be anything outside of us that isn't a reflection of what's inside of us or it wouldn't be in your reality. It wouldn't be in your your universe. Mm-hmm. And so it's all happening for you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, be it chaos or order, however it brings you back into you and, and into your stillness and your introspection, then that's a gift for you. And um, yeah, I think just noticing the patterns. If there's mm. patterns of things that are that are happening that are creating that, what did you call it? The dance or the yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's sort of having to yeah. What, what was my wording? Having to defend against attacks versus a, a dance. Yeah. Well, that's a really interesting metaphor. Do you do jujitsu? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe that you know how we do anything is how we do everything, and so metaphorically, there's no coincidence why you have been drawn to doing jujitsu if mm. you feel like you're always having to defend against attacks as well in your life. So that's really interesting, and so yeah, I would do some you know journaling or reflection on on that need mm. to defend an attack because it's only ever you mm. and you don't need to fight yourself mm. and a really funny story you know my partner Paul mm-hmm. he paid for I think it was a month four week Krav Maga self-defense course mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is such a funny story <laughs> he's so cute and he went to the first court first class and then he never went to any of the other three okay and I asked him why and he said well the first class I got to they said the first thing the best thing to do to defend yourself is not to get into a fight Okay. And that's what they taught us in the first lesson. So I didn't feel like I needed to go back to any of the others because <laughs> I'm just going to do that one really well. <laughs> and I just thought that that was so beautiful, but also, you know, just ironic of when we get to that point of realizing we don't need to fight in ourselves and, mm. and you can reframe everything that you bring up, you know, oh, is that lazy? No, it's just not what brings me joy and it's mm. not what energizes me. Great. And just come from yourself with that real sense of self-care and nurturing mm-hmm. and it sounds so cliche but when we can be our own internal mother as a woman mm-hmm. or for the men listening you know when you can be your own internal father and you don't have to listen to your physical paternal father or maternal mother you've got your own parenting self-parenting happening within then you're free because you mm-hmm. realize that there's no need to fight with anyone because you're on your own team and you're your best friend and you know you're the person that's going to eat every meal with you and mm-hmm. and be by your side every Every day for the rest of your life there's no one else that's guaranteed to do that so mm. yeah um bit of a random rant but, <laughs> but honestly you know in every uh, you've probably you probably talk about this but you know everything that you reject or admire in others mm. it's it's elements of you that you are not acknowledging yes. or owning in yourself and that shadow work is really important to do to bring everything back in like even what you're seeing in me you know it's just you mm, it's absolutely. parts of you that you need to own and, mm. and take that power back in for you mm-hmm. yeah so and vice versa it's cool and it's beautiful and i wrote about that in my book is like in life people are our teachers and Mm -hmm. they're reflecting back either who we used to be who we are unconsciously or consciously Mm -hmm. and who we want to be and so or who or what we reject Mm -hmm. okay and sometimes what we reject is actually that which most we are Mm -hmm. so when you're meeting someone or you're interacting with someone almost having that dialogue going on in the back of your mind of okay universe why this person Mm. Is this person reflecting something of how I used to be that maybe now I'm not, I judge. Mm -hmm. Some people it's, you know, oh yeah, I can remember a time when I was in that place and Mm -hmm. I really don't want to acknowledge that that was me, but yep, I've been there. We've all been the victim. We've all been everything. Mm -hmm. We've all been every trait. You've probably studied Martini work as well, right? Yeah. So, um, but are they 
what are they reflecting back about who I am in this moment? Mm. And then what are they reflecting back who I want to be? Yes. And like really getting that and bringing all those resources and knowing that if it's there for you, then it is you. Otherwise, it couldn't be there. So that's so fun. And I just think life becomes much more fascinating when you've got these filters going on and you can have this parenting self-dialogue going on that's almost like in-the-moment coaching Mm -hmm. and in-the-moment awareness and presence. And I'm like very conscious and you are too, right? And that can be tiring sometimes. I remember something happened a few months ago in my business and I said to my partner, like, oh, just for once, I'd love to just be able to blame someone, yes. you know? Yeah. But I know it's my shit and it's my yeah. learning and I'm just going to have to own this. And, yeah. you know, this role, it's, 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 um, it's challenging, mm-hmm. but it gets easier. Yeah. You know? Whereas <laughs> blaming others is easy in the short term, but it gets mm-hmm. harder in the long term. So Definitely. Yeah. Big full circle there. Definitely. Mm. You know, I think it's really beautiful what you said there about um, being your own mother. Yeah. So uh, this almost feels like it's becoming a coaching session, so I apologise, but it's it's all relevant and it's all perfect timing. But just this morning, um, so I don't know whether you saw on my social media, but I injured my rib on Thursday. And um, so having this rib injury has meant that a lot of the things I usually go to that I enjoy the most you know I'm, I'm a very active person so I haven't been able to to do a lot of that so it's been this process of like okay well how do I fill my time now and so I'd been noticing a lot come up around like feeling lonely mm-hmm. and almost because a lot of my friends are um, very purposeful and they're very focused on sort of their journey and so um, I was sort of I noticed particularly this morning this thing come up of no one cares like everyone's so focused on their own stuff no one cares that I'm not doing so good and um, it was really funny because I, I kind of stopped and allowed myself to kind of drop back in and go, well, hang on, in this loneliness, who's there for me? And it's me, you know, it's, it's my opportunity to, to step up and really be there for myself and to, to nurture myself. And, and that's pretty much, I think, the lesson for all of us in this life. Mm-hmm. And we will keep having to learn it every day for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like it's it, because it just seems so obvious. But it's also, you know, when you, and people hear it all the time, you know, everything that you need is inside of you. And it just sounds so freaking cliche, but it's true. And when you have those moments, like you had this morning of really getting that and feeling it, it's like, ah, there you are. Ah, cool. Yeah. You know what? Out of all the people that I could be stuck with for the rest of my life, (laughs) you're right. (laughs) I think you're good. I remember this was like about six months after I left my husband and I was living in on my own in this really nice apartment and I was I was ironing my shirt actually because I used to have to wear shirts at my job and I was ironing my shirt and I was talking to myself do you talk to yourself yes yeah I think all healthy same <laughs> people do right and I was talking to myself and I can't even remember what I said but I said something so funny that I was ironing my shirt and I go oh that's really funny you're really funny, Julia. <laughs> and then I said to myself, no wonder everyone wants to be around you all the time. And then I said, I want to be around me. <laughs> and I had this spin out moment of like, actually for the first time in my life, really just enjoying being in my own company. Mm. And it was so lovely, you know, to have that realization of like, you know what? I'm cool. No wonder, you know, <laughs> and maybe this is a gift, this rib injury, because you get to just hang out with you and, mm. and find all of this, you know, all these gems inside of you. You know, it's funny. Sometimes people, I mean, even with relationships, they have this really twisted sense of relationships of like, oh, my partner is here to make me happy and oh, I'm going to break up with him because he doesn't make me happy and all of that stuff, right? But, you know, every relationship, I'm sorry, it ends in heartache. Mm. You know, one person always leaves first or dies. Mm -hmm. 
and and we're in this illusion that that doesn't happen mm. and so it's so much better to get to that point now in your life mm. that you're totally loving and comfortable and you've got that self-care and self-nurturing because the guarantee is there's going to be a time in your life where mm. that's going to happen but my kind of sense of reality is well if you learn what you need to now then you won't have to have those lessons later mm. in a way like i very much believe in pre-paving things and and being your own psychic and using your own ability of things that you fear well why not learn to overcome them in the now mm -hmm. rather than fear them and have them have to happen so that you learn them later on so mm. if you can learn this at your age and i know you're a spring chicken but like <laughs> if you can learn this at your age then you, you know I, I work with some clients who are in their 50s and 60s and they're, mm. they're just starting this journey and it doesn't matter like it's never too late but it's um it's a it's a big powerful tool in your belt to have that Definitely. connection and i honor you for admitting it like, i feel lonely no one cares for me but we all have stuff like that sometimes like i do too and even like sometimes i have resistance come up in my business and i want to just sit in it but oh no okay this is just about me i was working on my website before and i had all these beliefs come up about websites and i'm like okay i have to clear all these beliefs it's just all my stuff that's creating all these blocks so yeah. it's fine um, yeah, it's it's um, it's very empowering mm. to have the level of self-awareness that you do. Definitely, definitely. So you mentioned um, before that sort of process of being able to talk to yourself and being able to coach yourself through different blocks and things that pop up to show you your own stuff. Mm. How do you, because this is, this is something that I get asked a lot by clients, how do you get to the stage where that becomes your normal sort of go-to thought process? Because I know that like a lot of my clients kind of it's like they almost um the you know be it anxiety or whatever it may be the the external um situation pops up and they immediately it's like that fight or flight response they immediately spring into kind of almost separating from it yeah so how do you remind yourself to keep coming back to really you know uh, looking at it in a more self-aware way well um that's a really good question and i and i think it does depend on the individual and what stage they're at on their journey you know I do think that there's um, different levels that we go through not that one level is better than the other because we're all on whichever level is perfect for us right and where we need to be and what we're doing in the world I think it's like anything like muscles you know you train it and it gets easier and it becomes more ingrained and more unconscious more habitual um, I'm I'm just very acutely aware that everything is me and everything is happening for me not to me and so the, the really good question reframe that I love to ask in the moment when you have a response like that is the question I love to ask is what's perfect about this that I haven't realized yet mm -hmm. and you've heard that right but that's so powerful is just to stop and go okay what's perfect about this that I haven't realized or what could this be trying to teach me mm -hmm. and and getting out of that and obviously taking a deep breath as well and just taking time and not always having to respond saying to people you know can I get back to you in five minutes or mm -hmm. can I think about that and just let you know sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to respond instantly because we live in this life of instant results but no one said you can't say you know mm. can i have a few days to really consider my perspective on this mm. and then get back to people and i think it sounds a little bit fluffy but honestly lowering your voice and speaking from your heart 
for me, that changes a lot mm. because my instinctual kind of reptilian response, that fight or flight, will usually be a jibe from the head and yeah. it will be a very conscious response and programmed and, you know, it won't, won't, have, won't, won't be coming from a different space. Whereas if you take a deep breath and you actually lower your energy into your heart and then you think about, okay, what's my intention? What do I really want to get across here? It can really change what you're bringing. Mm. But um, I really think ultimately like there's no comparison and mm. to just be okay like that coach said to me you know I'm a little fucked up right now and that's okay <laughs> you know oh I'm, I'm feeling reactive right now and that's okay oh I've had a button pushed right now sorry mm. just let me process this for a moment mm-hmm. and that's okay so I think like just giving yourself as much compassion and love and, and self-parenting especially you know clients that are working with you as well is mm. even just giving them that homework of notice when things come up and accept it mm. and be okay with it mm. because it's there's nothing wrong with you you know we're still and this is the thing with the self-development industry that I think is really interesting is not wanting to perpetuate a deep sense of that people aren't enough, you know, because mm. people can get addicted to healing and working mm. on themselves and being perfect. And that's not what it's about either. Mm. It's, it, you know, you are already perfect. And everyone listening to this, like, you're already perfect. You're not fixed. You don't need to, nothing's broken. Mm. But, you know, there's cool things you can learn that might make your life easier. Mm-hmm. But there's Definitely. nothing inherently wrong with you. Definitely. And, um, and, and yeah, there might be some layers that you've picked up, but they're not the real you. Mm. Um, and programmed ways of responding to things, but that's not the real you. Mm. You know, so there's nothing wrong with you. Um, yeah, I think some people are still a little bit in that space of that that they're the problem and they need to be fixed. And when mm. you're coming from it from that place of unworthiness or I'm not good enough, that's all we can create more of. Mm-hmm. So step into that. Just know that you are, and um, and then yeah like just give yourself a break people mm. are so hard on themselves definitely and definitely. i definitely used to be um but there's 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 no healing there mm. i love what you said about lowering your voice and coming from heart mm. because it's really interesting i find myself often with the podcast i find sometimes i know what i want to say but i get so caught up in my head that i'm actually i'm speaking and at the same time in my head i'm going oh no you've lost your words what were you going to say what were you going to say And it's really funny because when I'm doing that, that's when I do actually lose my words. But when I allow myself to kind of like, you know what you're trying to say, Brie, just get out, get out of your own way. It is, it's almost this this feeling of like dropping down and then it just flows. And often I'll finish my sentence and I'll go, I don't even know what I said just then. And then when I listen back, it's exactly what I was trying to get across. Yeah. So, you know, when we're up in our head about it, it's that's, that's when the message gets confused. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. And the, like, the best thing we can all do is just, like, get out of our own way and yes. get out of our head. And, you know, I was working with a client just earlier this week who said that she thinks about things three times before she'll speak. Wow. And like that's exhausting. Yeah. That's a lot of energy going on having to prepare what you're saying and mm. thinking and working on. And some maybe I brought her into my reality because I just blurt things out and I'm very present with it. But I think mm. um, life's too short to spend on mm. you know preparing everything. Mm. The moment will be gone. Definitely. If you're doing that all the time. Definitely. And I think sometimes when we put too much focus on preparing something, we actually take away the gold of what is. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I love stuff on the fly. That's yeah. why when you said for this interview, oh, we'll just, we'll just flow with it, go on, the, go on. That's the best way to be. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I've had uh, different speaking events and that, that that I've spoken at and I've put all this time into preparing 
And then and I, I, there, there was this one particular instance where I put all this time into preparing and I had my notes and what have you. And then the night before I actually went through a breakup. Mm-hmm. And so that morning I went into this event and I just wasn't kind of completely there mentally. And so trying to kind of follow along these notes was like it was a real struggle. And it was a real um, sort of conscious like backwards and forwards push and pull in my, in my mind. And so, you know, I went... Well, just stuff the notes and let's just go with whatever comes out. And, uh, you know, I still to this day get people tell me how amazing that event was because rather than trying to go from what I'd planned, it was just whatever came through. And it was so much more real that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think humans definitely have inbuilt lie detector tests and yep. they can feel yes. authenticity. And you can't script that. Mm-hmm. That's what's so rich about it. Definitely, yeah. definitely. I think uh, one of the other things I wanted to touch on, um, we mentioned there, you know, we were talking about how to sort of, I guess, retrain the brain, so to speak, to always come back to self whenever a particular situation arises in life. One of the greatest lessons for me was, um, uh, you know, you mentioned that it's almost sort of, um, it, it's almost practice, like it's to make it, you know, a habit. And for me, when I first kind of started to have that awareness that it was all me, I found that, you know, initially I'd have a situation pop up or something would trigger me and it might take, say, a week for me to be able to go, oh, hang on, that's what that was showing me. Mm. And then as I trained it more and more, it might go from a week to a day. Yeah. And then it might go from a day to an hour and then from an hour to in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I still, I still have moments where it's not until, you know, the next day that I go, oh, okay. You know, and I, I wait for that, that trigger to sort of, I guess, almost not subside, but to, to take away some of the intensity of it yeah. um, that I can sort of, you know, choose to reflect and, and be a little bit more self-aware. But um, yeah, so I still have those moments where it throws me, but it's... Uh, and isn't that fun? Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Right? Because we've got another, what, I don't know... 30, I was going to say 60, 80, 90 years mm. left. If we figured it all out now, yes. how boring would the next yep. you know, 90 years be? We need some of that chaos and order, chaos and order, right? Definitely. So it's good. It's like the the reality has to get a little more complicated to keep yes. up with us. So it's yep. like next version, next mm. level. So yeah, it's good. It's fun, but it's always so wise, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yeah. It's funny. I When I do have those moments where it's sort of, uh, it has me stumped and I kind of, I lose that, that sense of awareness. As you said, it, it's fun. It's like, uh, I almost, you know, it's like, oh, you got me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you had me nice for a try. moment there. Nice try. <laughs> yeah. I always, when I'm working with a client and we do like a lot of unconscious change work in a session, I will say to them at the end, now, I just want you to know what we've worked on today. You're likely to get a test in the next <laughs> three to five days. And when that happens, if there's an event that makes you, for example, we worked on anger. If there's an event that makes you angry, I want you to look up, point at the universe and go, nice try. <laughs> so it's so funny that you said that. This is literally like one of the future pace techniques that I use. And then it's cute because sometimes I'll get a text or a, a message from a client and they'll go, I got tested today. <laughs> and guess what? I passed. I didn't fall for it. And, da, 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 and this is what I did. And it's a really nice convincer that they're building those muscles as well so I yeah, love that that makes on. it more like a game exactly it's all a game yeah it's all a game yeah. you know and when we forget that yes. we take it super serious yes and we feel like we're losing and you know no it's 
it's here for us and you know every every struggle every challenge that you go through you know it's preparing you for the next mm. quest for yes. the next level of the of the program so yeah. yeah it's good and at the time you're like oh do I have to learn this all right <laughs> I don't know what this is going to open up for me in the future but I trust that it will mm. so mm. yeah it's that trust isn't it mm. yeah I love when uh when you have a certain something unfold in life and you can kind of go I know for me I go oh that's what that was preparing me for okay cool thank you and it's like the um was it the Steve Jobs speech where he said you can't connect the dots looking forward yes you can only connect the dots looking backwards yeah and it's been very true for my life and obviously Mm. yours as well it's like you look back and you go wow I see that now why I had to go down that path and why Mm. I needed to make that decision so Mm, it's all perfect yeah yeah Beautiful. So where can we find the book? Uh, it's on my website. It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. It's on Audible as well if people prefer the audio version. Obviously, if they're listening to podcasts, they like it. And yes, it is spoken all by me. So I didn't I didn't pay anyone on Upwork to do that for me. Uh, and so my website is relaunchmylife.com.au and you can buy um, paperback versions either if you're in Australia direct from me or you can get them on Amazon or Kindle or Audible. So perfect. What about your other social media? Yeah, so Instagram is Juliet Lever and on Facebook it's Juliet Lever Relaunch My Life. So you can like those and get in touch with me. And yeah, if you read the book, you can join my online community as well. And there's other people in there that are changing their lives and have read my book as well. And it's a really supportive and exciting community. I just posted in there today. One of my NLP graduates has just started her coaching business. She got Avian and the name registered. And so we did a big celebration in the community for that because, you know, when people of really following their dreams and she's going to make a big ripple effect it's it's so inspiring and it's the best feeling ever Mm, perfect is there anything else you wanted to add before we wrap up ah i would love to just remind everyone listening to this podcast that you know you're you're the director of your life and you're writing the script and so just be brave and go for it and if there's something that you're thinking of doing if you're thinking of it, it means it's possible for you and there are no unrealistic goals, just unrealistic deadlines. So you've got the rest of your life. Go for it. You know, no one says that you have to have it done by a certain time. Just start and honestly, just take like one step every day in the direction that you want to go. And accumulatively in the next three years, that'll be a thousand steps you've taken in the right direction. And that's so much better than standing still. So thank you for this opportunity and it's great you. to connect and let's not leave it another four years. Yeah. <laughs> So there we have it. Now, as always, I will pop all of the links to Juliet's work and her social media accounts in the podcast description. So I really encourage you to go check it out. And to all of the listeners, as always, I also encourage you, if you want to know a little bit more about what I do with the Live Free Movement, you can, of course, find me at www.thelivefreemovement.com, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Live Free Movement, on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash Brianna Bowley and Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Brianna Bowley underscore. And I also welcome you, if there's someone in particular that you would like me to chat to on the show, please do drop me a line, shoot me a message. You know, I'm a human back here. So um, I really encourage you get in contact. And uh, yeah, until next time, what else is possible? <laughs>